Detective Roger Le Carre stared at the gravestone with his piercing blue eyes. If only they could pierce through the ground, open up the coffin, and bring his old partner back to life. But that was the stuff of fantasy, and Le Carre didn't like fantasy. He liked Nazi documentaries and quiz shows and the film Heat starring Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Val Kilmer, and John Voight, and directed by Michael Mann. Five years. That's how long it had been since Detective Mick Lamb had been declared dead. Le Carre had argued with the so-called doctors at the hospital. Mick Lamb does a lot of things, but he doesn't die. He just doesn't die. Mick's vital organs, or what was left of them, had said otherwise. Not that they could say anything. They just lay there in Lamb's lifeless body, refusing to function like teenagers refusing to clean their rooms. You're like teenagers refusing to clean your rooms, Le Carre had yelled at Lamb's heart, lungs, kidneys, and liver. The situation was all too familiar. Lamb was Le Carre's fifth partner to die. Each had met their fate in the line of duty, serving the Devon and Cornwall police force. They all knew what they signed up for. When you volunteered to put yourself between the people of Devon and Cornwall and that unstoppable force, crime, there was always the chance you could end up taking a bullet or in Lamb's case, nine bullets and a moving car. It hadn't taken Le Carre long to find Lamb's killer. Scott Drink, just a kid, caught up in the never-ending gang war between the two counties that straddled the River Tamar. A river that, try as it might, could never keep the peace because it was just a body of water. Just a stretch of H2O. Not enough to hold back centuries of grudge and counter-grudge. The Devon and Cornwall police force were supposed to be neutral, Devon and Cornwall. But Lamb had been seen as a Devon loyalist, and when he put the Cornish kingpin Tristan Tressel behind bars, the boys from Kerno, which is Cornish for Cornwall, wanted revenge. Drink was just a foot soldier, earning his stripes. They handed him a pasty and a gun and sent him across the Tamar Bridge to end Lamb's life and effectively his own. Of course, He'd probably be out of prison within a few years for good behavior. That was how the justice system seemed to work these days. Le Carre often put words like justice and good behavior in quotation marks. It was a clever way of letting people know what he really thought. Le Carre had always blamed himself for not being there when Drink had taken out Lamb. It wasn't your fault, everyone had told him with their eyes. If it had happened any other night of the week, except maybe a Tuesday, which was pub quiz night, then Le Carre would have probably been right by Lamb's side, busting open a crack house in Biddeford, chasing a suspect down the A377 towards Barnstable, or just setting the world to rights in the Crown and Goose. That was the life they led. But it happened on a Friday night, and Friday night was the night Le Carre always took his wife Carrie for a meal at Zizi's on Gandhi Street. They both loved the way the pizza came out on wooden boards, and that was fine. It was a very original touch. But maybe if they hadn't loved it quite so much, then Le Carre would have been there that night. Maybe he would have taken those nine bullets himself, or at least three or four of them. Carrie suspected that Le Carre blamed not just himself, but her too. He always said he didn't. But how else could she explain the way he seemed to have looked at her differently? ever since his Samsung Galaxy S6 Edge had rung that night in ZZ's, and Sergeant Pete DeFratis had told him to get to the Royal Devon and Exeter in double time. 
He hadn't even kissed her goodbye. He just finished his calzone and left. Le Carre was married to the force and Carrie knew it. I mean, he was married to her too. In a legal sense, he wasn't married to the force at all. A police force is an organization and you can't marry an organization. You could marry every member of an organization, but that would be polygamy, which is illegal under UK law. And it was Le Carre's job to uphold the law, so he wouldn't be doing that. And he wouldn't want to anyway. It would be completely impractical and not even desirable. Most of the people on the force were men. And although Le Carre didn't have a problem with homosexuality, he'd gotten over that around 2005. He wasn't gay himself and had no interest in marrying one man, let alone 5,000 of them. But metaphorically, Le Carre was married to the force and Carrie was destined always to play second fiddle. Le Carre didn't blame Carrie, but if he were honest with himself, he'd have to admit he'd changed since Lamb had died.